And welcome in to this edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialists. They're Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green, and Denny, this morning we have a brand new coach in the Southeastern Conference. We have the Senior Bowl going on in Mobile, Alabama, and we will know the Gators and the other 13 members of the SEC. We will know these schedules for those teams for next football season as those will be released at 2 o'clock this afternoon. So, for late January, there's quite a bit going on. So college football is getting to the way the NFL. Let's dominate the news cycle, release schedules, then signing day, which means nothing this year. We just need free agency, which is basically the transfer portal. Transfer portal is free agency. Yeah, I think 2 o'clock on the SEC Network, the official announcement. And look, you you know years in advance who Florida is going to play. We just don't necessarily know when they're going to play them. But you look at a – take a quick peek at the schedule next year. We know the regulars, right? It's Georgia. Mm. It's Tennessee. It's all the teams in the East. LSU – Alabama mm. comes on, which that'll be fun. And then two really interesting interstate games with Florida Atlantic and USF. And the USF game, I believe, is Raymond James and Tampa. So it's an interesting schedule, if nothing else. I mean, USF's terrible right now. Awful. Um, FAU is, I mean... I, I don't think that's any different other than they are in-state schools. And Florida's going to Tampa, which... Right, right. That's 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 no different than playing... Like, those two are no different than playing Western Kentucky right, right. now. You know what I mean? Talent level-wise. But you're right, because they're state schools and because Florida's making that trip, trip to Tampa for obvious reasons, recruiting reasons, um, it, it's intriguing. Alabama, if Nick Saban and this NFL staff that he's put together can... Pull it off again next year with everything they've lost this year. It may be his greatest coaching job that he's ever done, but I'm not going to doubt him. The dates on the games, Florida kicks off against FAU on September 4th. I believe September 11th is the USF game. We know Georgia, I believe, is October 30th. We know Florida State's the regular season ender. I think Sanford's also. That date's been set. To me, when the schedule comes out today, the first thing I'm looking at, the very first thing, is where is Alabama? Because I think you want Alabama as early as humanly possible before maybe they figure out what they're doing next year. Right, new quarterback for certain, um, new set of receivers for certain. You're right. You're that right. works you both ways because Florida will be early in their season as well. Yeah, that's a very good point. Uh, that's a very good point. I mean, I you know the the there's no way around that you're going to have either Alabama, Georgia, Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, LSU, Alabama. You're going to have two of those in probably a three-week period. There's really no way around it. Yeah. So it is going to be interesting to see where those fall. The The East is so bad outside of Georgia right now that, that that's almost irrelevant. Um, I mean, Tennessee's awful. Um, Kentucky you know, should be better with some help receiver-wise, but that game really wasn't. I mean, that, that that game was never in doubt this year. You could argue Missouri's the third-best team in the East. Yeah, yeah, and Missouri's recruiting well at the quarterback position. They've got they've got a good room. So, yeah, I mean, it's you're probably right. You could argue that. Tennessee's, Tennessee's a wrap. That's, they're a wrap for at least the next five or six years. And we'll get to them. They're in the news today. 
with with the hiring of Josh Heupel. I mean, but realistic expectations. I mean, if on the outside looking in, first off, understanding everybody watching and listening to us is probably a Gator fan, right? They're going to have unrealistic expectations. But if you Gator go talk, fans do. if you go talk to a non-Gator fan. You're losing Kyle Trask, you're losing Kyle Pitts, you're losing Kadarius Toney, you're losing Trayvon Grimes, and oh, by the way, you have to play Georgia, LSU, and Alabama next year. That doesn't look good on paper. No, but, I, you know, here's the thing. I think Florida's at a point as a program where the expectation every year should be to make it to the SEC championship game. Your next step is the expectation winning that game, but that could be a couple years because of Nick Saban. Yeah. But I think the expectation is to do what you've got to do to do what the Spurrier era did, which is take your team picture in Atlanta, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I think that's the expectation. Whether you've got to run the table to get there or whether you can lose two to get there, whatever that is, have a chance to play for a chance in the playoffs. At bare minimum, Georgia, LSU, Alabama next year, you probably need to go 2-1 and one to, to win the East. Yeah, if you and beat, if that one if you beat comes, Georgia, that you can go one and two. If you beat Georgia, you can probably go one and two. They should go. They, I shouldn't say should. I they can go two and one in those. I mean, Alabama or LSU is going to be much better, mm-hmm. much better. And you got to go to Baton Rouge. You got to go to Baton Rouge. Um, but they can do that. They can because they return a lot defensively. They've got a lot of talent on offense. We're not sure if it's a good thing they return a lot defensively. Well, it's not bad. It's 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 not not bad. bad. The young kids that played in the bowl game got that game behind them. You can point to three, four guys that um, are early-round picks on that defense, so they're going to be better. You can go two and one in those games. You know, you look at it. Um, we're going to get to the Senior Bowl in a moment, but talking about the defense, it's interesting. Zach Carter returns. Brenton Cox is coming back. There was really not even any talk of him leaving, which kind of surprises me, me. Me too. The only guy on the defense that's leaving, to my knowledge, is Marco Wilson. Yep. Which he probably wasn't welcome back. Right. Yeah. So, Jeremiah Moon, Trey Dean, Zach Carter, Brenton Cox, you're returning a lot of guys. Kyer Elam's going to be back. I mean, you're returning a lot of guys – they just, quite frankly, have to play better than they did last year. People are going to laugh when I say this because of how bad the defense was, but but you just named three potential first-round guys. Carter, Brenton Cox, and Kyrie Elam. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you really did. it. You named three guys, especially Cox. When Cox comes out, he is going – he may be the first defensive player off the board. Mm-hmm. He's that talented. If they can't do anything around that, then, then Grantham needs to go midseason. There's plenty of talent there. The defense should be equal to what the offense was this year. You just hope the offense doesn't struggle as badly as the defense did. Today's Gator Podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. For the highest quality care, you can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com, and you can also listen. For Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good Dr. Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries in sports. We mentioned a new coaching hire in the SEC today. I think you let the cat out of the bag with your with your thoughts on it. Uh, Josh Heupel on his way from UCF to Tennessee. He follows his athletic director, uh, A.D. White, who was – at UCF and took the Tennessee job, I guess, earlier last week. Um, was Hypo their first choice? 
Does not appear so, based on reports. But nevertheless, Heupel is their guy. He's going to be introduced in Knoxville at 12 o'clock this afternoon on a Wednesday. Your uh, your reaction to that? I don't understand why on Heupel's part. You, you, I mean... Why leave UCF to go to Tennessee? Why go to Tennessee? Why leave anywhere? Why leave Lakeview Middle High School right <laughs> now? Uh, I mean, money is the obvious answer, right? right? But so you think Tennessee is going to get the boom from yeah. the NCAA? Yeah, I mean, it's the it's a combination of things. They've got twenty something guys in the portal right now. Um, so his first sales job is to try to get those guys out of the portal, right? They're 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 going to have reduced visits, reduced signing classes, reduced travel days to recruit, all that kind of stuff. So you're going into a situation where the cupboard is damn near bare right now, and the NCAA is going to make sure that it stays that way for at least the next two, three, four years. The whole thing is bizarre when you think about it. So they hire the UCF AD, who hires a coaching search firm, who then hires the head coach that he just left. That could have been a same-day transaction. According to reports, now again, preface it, it's reports, Tony Elliott, the coordinator of the OC at Clemson, was thought to be the guy Tennessee wanted, and he backed out as recently as yesterday, and now all of a sudden Heupel gets the job. Now this just hit me. This could affect Gator fans in more than one way. Um, Hold hold that thought. Okay. Hold that thought, because I think you and I are all on the second, because I was going to ask you about okay. that, so hold that thought one second. It's funny you, you thought about that, because we haven't even talked about it. So back to Heupel real quick. So you don't think Heupel... Not that he's not necessarily a good coach, 28 and 8 in three seasons at UCF, but you don't think Gator fans need to be concerned about Tennessee hiring no. Josh Heupel? No, Heupel could, Heupel very well may be a decent coach. I mean, it certainly didn't work out for Frost. Yeah. I mean, we saw what he did at UCF and then Nebraska. There's just such a gap of talent between Tennessee and Florida and Tennessee, quite frankly, and just about everybody. And that gap is just widening. That short of Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, something like that, you, you weren't going to make a splash hire. Nobody was going to take that job, number one. And just about anybody you brought in is basically signing away the next three years of their life to get fired in four. Now, you bring up this could affect Florida. It's funny you brought that up. And, again, you and I have not talked about this, but I'm reading your mind. It's probably the word mine is. My first thought this morning when I heard Josh Heupel was going to Tennessee is UCF is calling Brian Johnson right now they're idiots if they're not already on the phone yeah i mean that is the perfect job for brian johnson um i preface this brian is a good friend of mine i've not talked to him at all the oc of florida but you could not have a better fit for both sides brian johnson going to ucf would be perfect in his advancement because he's going to be an sec level head coach if not an nfl level coach i'm not saying head coach but coach um ucf is loaded for their division they play in, and he recruits the crap out of Florida. He's very good at recruiting Florida. Does he want to leave Dan Mullen is the big question because he's been attached to Dan Mullen since he played. He did interview for Boise State. Right. Correct. Which I think from the start was an odd deal. Like I, I don't I don't think that was as good of a fit as what UCF is. His connections are Florida and Texas and now Arizona. If you look at where the quarterback offers are going out, which is what he does, those are the states they're going to. Yeah. In Georgia. And if you're in if you're in if you're in Orlando and you can recruit Florida and Georgia, you're set. And it's it's funny that you thought of UCF initially with Brian Johnson. That was the first thought I had this morning 
Now, along the same line of thinking with Brian Johnson, you were telling me when you came in today, and of course, for people that don't know, imagine most of you do, but for the new listeners and viewers, Denny obviously trains quarterbacks, six points here in Jacksonville, does a terrific job, not only with local people in Northeast Florida, but really regionally and nationally. You had both Anthony Richardson and Carlos Del Rio, two Gator quarterbacks, in your facility in the last week. How did that go? Yeah, it was interesting. They came in at different times. Um, Anthony actually threw with Joey Gatewood. So we had them throw together for a couple of days. He looks fantastic. I mean, he mechanically everything about and just physically, he's he looks he he actually made Joey Gatewood look small, really? which is crazy to think about. Um, so he looks fantastic. Joey Gatewood, who probably will be the starting quarterback in Kentucky yeah, next yeah. year, and who's a massive individual. Yeah. I mean, I, I would guess that and this is purely a guess. I think Anthony's probably six four and a half, close to two thirty, and and moving great, throwing the ball great, um, working a ton. We're getting a ton of work this off season. And then Carlos hit me up and said, "Hey, I'm gonna be actually in Jacksonville for a couple of days. So I want to get some work." So we threw for five, four or five straight days. And I'll say this about Carlos: after we got done with the first day, and there was a couple little mechanics things that we tweaked. He looked phenomenal. Mm-hmm. That quarterback room at Florida is big, fast, and can all spin it. You got four quarterbacks there now, and now that Trask has departed. It's Emory Jones, it's Anthony Richardson, it's Carlos Del Rio, and it's Jalen Kitna. So certainly, even though obviously losing Trask hurts, a lot of guys still in that room and a lot of experience. I mean, Emory Jones has been on campus for three what, years, three years yeah. now. Yeah, three years. Emory yeah, I have worked with Emory in the past. I don't work with him that much. He, I mean, that quarterback room is solid. Here's the thing to keep an eye on, though, is they are in play. Now, if Brian Johnson were to leave, this would probably hurt this. But they are in play for some very big 2022 quarterbacks. What about the kid from Arizona? Nico, right? yeah. yeah. He, he's a good player, and they want him. I know he's top of their board. Like, he's top three of their board. The they, weird they, thing is he's from Arizona, and it's like Florida and Florida State are among his favorites, right? Yeah, I think the family just took a trip down here and just said, while we're knocking out one, we're going to knock out the other. Okay. I know he's at the top of both of their boards. Very good player. And I actually think he's going to make a decision pretty soon. Yeah, he said by the end of the week. Yeah, Florida needs for some of these to fall, uh, meaning they either get, a, either get a yes or a no, because they're in play for three or four of these guys that are considered – in the top 10 to 15 in the country at, at quarterback. So that quarterback room is going to be set for a while. You know, but as far as Anthony Richardson goes, I mean, look, it's January. It's late January. The, the Gators don't play a game for, for seven-plus months. It's Emory Jones's job, right? Do you think Anthony's in play at all come spring for any sort of competition? Well, I mean, we <laughs> – we train like he is, yeah. right? I don't, I don't know. I, I would guess, yes. I would guess it's an open competition until they say otherwise. Yes, it's seven months away, but spring ball is eight weeks away, right? If some that, colleges, not even that, right? Some colleges are doing spring and early to mid February, which is genius yeah. on their part. So, I mean, spring ball is what starts the competition. So, yeah, I mean, we're getting it in right now because the the plan on our end is go take it. Like, go take it. You want to win that job. You don't want to have it given to you. Anthony's got all the attributes. So does Emory. If you're a Florida fan, you're in a fantastic situation. You got two guys built to run the offense that Dan Mullen and Brian Johnson want to run. Yeah, and we'll see what happens with Brian Johnson. But Gator fans, certainly uh, keep your eyes on that with that UCF job open right now. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast 
Orthopedic specialists are Northeast Florida's leading. Orthopedic Center providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. All right, Denny, Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. Let's kind of do the Cliff Notes version, a little rapid fire here. There was a very heavy Gator presence, not as heavy now, as Kyle Trask will not be participating in the game. But now that we are into the draft process, and now that all these mocks are coming out, and it's Senior Bowl week, and the draft is, what, three months away, your thought on Kyle Trask changed from maybe where you were three or four months ago? I mean, he's projected anywhere from late first to early third. What type of pro do you think Kyle Trask is going to be, and where do you think he goes in the draft? Yeah, I've been consistent with this. I think he's a third-round talent guy. Um, I think it's. I think the top three are pretty easy. It's Trevor, Wilson, Fields. Like, and I think I don't. I think it'd be hard to argue that order right now in the NFL GM circle. Um, Trey Lance is kind of the, and I'm getting to Trask with this. Trey Lance is the wild card. How he does, how people perceive him having not played really in the past year and a half, two years, um, is going to be interesting and has a direct effect on guys like Mac Jones, M. Book, um, Kyle Trask. Mm-hmm. If there's an early run where you have people fall in love with Mac and Trey, and you all of a sudden you have five guys off the board in the top 15. I think Kuyper had that yesterday in his mock. Did he? Yeah. yeah it, then you could see Kyle slip up to the early second. I don't think there's a world where Kyle Trask is a first-round quarterback. I, I just don't see that happening. If it's one of those things, I think what's going to happen is you're going to see the first three come off the board in the first six picks, and then it's going to be crickets for about the next 15 picks. And then you'll see another one come off. And then maybe Mac goes to, you know, somebody late in the first, something along those lines. And Denny, again, trains Mac Jones, the Alabama quarterback, the national championship winning quarterback. We had Ryan Wilson, draft analyst, CBSSports.com, on yesterday on XL Primetime. I think Ryan does a really good job. He's the first person I've heard say he is Mac Jones number two among the quarterbacks. I don't know Ryan, but we may want to drug test Ryan. Okay. Uh, Like, I don't. I love Mac, but Zach Wilson is a special talent, like an insane talent. And when when GMs see that up close, we've watched hours of Wilson film. He's going to be the number two quarterback taken. And Fields is going to be the number three quarterback taken. And, and Ryan Wilson didn't dispute that. Yeah. Right, but he said, talk to me in five years when Mac Jones is more productive than, than Zach Wilson? Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe. I think Zach Wilson's certainly a hit-or-miss guy. I think he's somebody that if he gets into a system that allows a year or two before he gets in. I think Aaron. he's very similar to Aaron Rodgers mechanically, arm strength-wise, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So if he can kind of have an Aaron Rodgers type of, of, of warm-up, essentially, um, then he, I think he's going to be one of the best in the NFL. But Kyle Trask... I don't think missing this week, I saw everybody go, oh, he had the most to gain. He also had the most to lose. Yeah, I think Kyle Trask standing on his film and standing on his pro day instead of combine since the combine's canceled is the best scenario for Kyle Trask. The bad part about missing this week, in my opinion, people have that bad taste in their mouth from the Cotton Bowl. He could have gotten rid of some of that this week, but now he's going to have to wait till his pro day. And the next time he's on the field in a competitive game – 
since the Cotton Bowl will be an NFL preseason game. Yeah, I think people do have that bad taste, but I don't think the people that are picking have that bad taste. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. think GMs, I don't think scouts really care about that that Cotton Bowl. Um, they're going to look at the totality of his film, and I've said all along – he makes some amazing throws. He's got amazing vision. He knows where to put the ball. But the issue is he throws about five to eight balls a game where you're not going to make that throw on Sundays. He he leaned heavily on the – and this is smart – but he leaned heavily on the talent he had at receiver and the length that he had at receiver with Pitts and Grimes at times. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how NFL teams perceive that. The other guys are much different than Kyle. The other two guys that are in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, let's start with Javon Grimes, measured in six foot three, two hundred seventeen pounds <laughs> yesterday. Now Grimes is interesting because when you look at these deeper mock drafts, and again we're early in the process, but he's going anywhere from as high as the third round. Well, I've seen him in the fourth, the fifth. I mean, he's kind of all over the board. What's your thought on Trevon Grimes? Uh, I my early thought was he should have come back. Because I think he is a first-round talent guy who was never the feature guy and had a chance to be that next year for Florida. Um, I think somebody falls in love with him. I, I don't think he lasts past the third. I think somebody falls in love with him. He reminds me a lot of Allen Robinson. Mm. Um, I think that's a good comparable. He's not going to – I don't I don't know what he's going to run the 40 in. I, I don't know. I don't see him as a blazing guy. But he's a position guy. Like yeah. He's going to get good body position. He's got a good catch radius. Um, so I think somebody falls in love with him, goes late second, early third. Which is basically where Allen Robinson went, late second. Yeah. KT now? Well, that's the other one. Kadarius Toney's out in Mobile, and his stock is skyrocketing. There were two mock drafts yesterday, including Mel Kuyper, that had Kadarius Toney all of a sudden in the top 20. He's gone from the mid-second to the early second to the late first, and as these mocks continue to come out – Tony keeps rising and rising and rising now into Mel Kuyper's top 20. The comparable to him is Tyreek Hill. Everybody tried to compare him to Percy Harvin. That's not it. It's Tyreek Hill. And the film nerd that I am and that we are at Six Points, we've plugged in all the Florida film and watched this. And the, what this guy did on the field this past year, and I, it's not just the what we saw after the catch. It's the routes that he ran, the spatial awareness that he had, the awareness of the concepts that he had. Special. Mm. Very special. So, he will go in the first round. Um, and, and I think he's going to have, as long as he can stay healthy, a great NFL career. You know, and look, I'm not saying Mel Kuyper is the end-all, be-all, but he is kind of the guy you look at with these mocks. He's connected. And I still think Kyle Pitts will be the first Gator taken. I'm not breaking any news there. But that gap is starting to narrow a little bit with Kadarius Tony. I think Pitts went like 11 or 12 in Kuyper's mock, and Tony was at 19. Could it narrow even more in the next three months? Yes, it could. The, the feedback I'm getting with Kyle Pitts is, in order to be considered a true wire tight end, when you come into the game, there's got to be a run threat. Mm -hmm. So they've got to adjust personnel. If you coming into the game just keeps them a nickel and that doesn't change anything, that if whether or not you're tight end or receiver – then your value is a receiver. And where does he fall in the receiver rankings as opposed to the tight end rankings? Right. Right. So I think that's the thing people are trying to figure out. Now, I believe Kyle Pitts has a lot of room on his frame to put some weight on. I believe he can block at the next level just enough to make them at least think about a personnel change. Um, I think that he will be, you know, a top 15 pick, a little bit ahead of Kadarius Tony. 
But he's not as hot as he was two months ago. No, no. I mean, I, again, Darren Waller from the Las Vegas Raiders, to me, is the best comparison. But Waller will block. Waller's much bigger. Yeah. Frame-wise. Yeah, I mean, height and weight, they're pretty similar. Right. You look at their body types, though. Yeah, he's thicker. Yeah, he's a much thicker guy. He and can granted, down block. Pitt, when Pitts gets in an NFL weight room, maybe that happens. I mean, Waller's 27 years old. Yeah, it's it's not – I don't think it's as much the weight room because the reality is the training they get at the college level from a strength and conditioning is probably more intense. At the NFL level, it's kind of up to you. Yeah, so you have the maintain. money. You, well, you have the money. You go hire somebody yeah. and you get as big as you can get. It's more just that maturity level, that grown man strength. These We forget these guys are 21, 22 years old. The best is ahead of them when it comes to that. It's just how quickly does that body develop. It's going to do what it wants to do. He's going to work hard. I know Kyle – he works extremely hard. He's going to do all he can do. It's just when does his body grow? You know, and as we begin to wrap up here, um, the basketball team. All right. On fire. They are, man. I mean, look, that's a huge win over Tennessee, a dominating performance over Tennessee, and they've done that in the past. They did it to Auburn last year, and then they turn around and lay an egg. Well, no, they go to Athens on Saturday and play another really good game. And keep in mind, they're doing this without Scotty Lewis who is one of, if not the best player on the team now, now that obviously Keontae Johnson's out. Two really good wins. All of a sudden you look, they're 8-4. and four. They're 5-3 and three in the conference. Two of their next three are against a bad Vanderbilt team tonight and a bad South Carolina team next week. Now in the middle is the SEC Big 12 right. showdown, and it's West Virginia, yeah. so that could be a little tough. But the bottom line is Florida's playing pretty good right now. Yeah, we got to get to the point where <laughs> guys like you and I, are confident in the Vanderbilt game. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. It wouldn't shock me at all if that if they lost that game. But if they lost to Vandy tonight, it wouldn't, at home? man. Woo. It wouldn't. It just that's where I'm at with Florida basketball. But I will say this: they have a chance, I think, to to establish that these next three games. If you can, if you can run off these three, two games you should win. One game that would be a resume builder. Um, I think you you're heading into the big months of the year. With a ton of momentum. I mean, to me, bare minimum, you're two and one, and if you beat Vandy, South Carolina, let's say you lose to West Virginia, you're two and one uh, in the next three. You're ten and five overall. You're seven and three in the conference. You're ranked at right. that point. Right. Then you start working on seeding for the NCAA tournament. So it's been a really nice saying. turnaround. If you go, if you win the next three, you're you're you go from possibly a double digit seat to probably a five yeah. at this point. Yeah. So again, kudos to Mike White. It's been a tough year. Obviously, the Keontae Johnson situation, but they're accumulating wins. They're turning things around a little bit with Gator Hoops. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the Hacker Ryan Green. You get Denny every night on the Sports Den alongside big game James Coleman. You get me middays on XL Primetime with Joe Cowart, Leon Searcy, and Matt Hayes. Denny, next week we'll recap the Senior Bowl. Look ahead to the Super Bowl. A couple of former Florida Gators in the Super Bowl, and maybe we'll have some clarity on the Brian Johnson situation, not to put you on the spot as we wrap up here, but I know you were thinking out loud earlier, so you certainly think Brian Johnson is in play for UCF. He should be. Should he be. should be, and and if he's offered that job, I would take it in a heartbeat if I were him. We'll talk about it next week on Gator Bites. Thank you for watching and listening on the 1010XL.com podcast network.